0: Chris, what's happening?
1: God, it's um, it's been a week for me. Um, it's been a difficult week. Thank you for asking. The I think this week, and for the first time in years, I had an anxiety attack, and I managed to identify it. Um, I think in the past I I had them, but I think I went or went to drink or do drugs or act out or do anything, but actually having to sit through it. So it's been it's been a quite intense Friday and Saturday. I'm kind of coming off of it tonight. I'm noticing, but yeah, so that's me. How you?
0: Well, was it it like a full on? Was it a proper panic attack? Or do you know what?
1: I um, I we've spoken about this before, but it's you know when you go to the grocery store and you shop based on your feelings. Mm -hmm. So it was uh, it was like throughout the Fridays, like my head just kept getting more and more heated, and it just wouldn't slow down, and it just. I didn't know how to make it stop. So at some point, I I really wanted to go and buy some liquor. I wanted to go buy some drugs, act out. And Instead, I marched down to the grocery store with purpose and bought a ton of pizza, a ton of crisps, and a packet of cigarettes. And I was like, this, I and I'm going to use all of it all at once. And <laughs> do you know what's funny? Uh, after giving up all the drinking, all the drugs, and all all the acting out stuff, I've Even had guilt over buying a pack of cigarettes. Oh, this is awful for you. But it's like, no, comparatively, this actually worked. This solved this one problem. You had this one time which you really haven't had in months. Mm. Maybe it isn't the worst thing in the world. I don't know. Maybe it is. But it's, um, that was funny. When I was at the grocery store, it was just, it was kind of like my legs were moving on their own. It it felt like when I was acting out, it's like,
0: this is out of my control. Or like a little bit possessed, you would. You were doing something and you weren't in the driving seat. Exactly. Um, but instead
1: of driving to the brothel or driving mm. to a dealer or driving to a liquor store, I, my legs drove me to the grocery store to buy junk food, which comparatively actually isn't progress. too bad. It, that is progress, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's not a lot of progress.
0: I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's probably what 99% of people on the population do, but uh, yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think he's pointing out it might not be the most healthiest thing to do, but it's certainly a better alternative than doing a weekend of sex, drugs, and alcohol.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the, I've always had this drive for perfection, which has served me well in a lot of areas of my life. Like I said, work, it serves me well. Uh, in my relationship, it can serve me well. When it comes to myself, it doesn't necessarily, because where do you set the bar? When do you say, hey, okay, it's okay, or enough's enough? Say when I work out, it's I never work out hard enough or I never lift enough weights. You can always do more. And there's, and even with my own personal progresses, I can, I feel like I should always be doing more, even though on a weekly basis I do quite a bit. And it's, it's actually one of those things we brought me kind of onto what I wanted to talk about today. And it's how that kind of brings you in an alienated sense or an alienated
0: space, that almost leads a bit to loneliness, which I know is a big topic in recovery. It's one of the halt, isn't it? Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Yeah, but I've,
1: I don't feel like it's one of those you hear too much about. I hear a lot about the angry one in rooms. I hear a lot about tired. Hungry, you should solve in fellowship afterwards with food. But mm. I don't think in a year and a half of being in the program that I ever heard anyone in a room say they've struggled with loneliness. Hmm. Have you ever struggled with loneliness?
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, I just It's really interesting. Have have I? You're making me think now. Have I heard people talk about loneliness in the rooms? I, I'm not sure. I mean, probably, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think people. I've heard more of the other topics, yeah. um, but lonely, loneliness is a is a. Uh, I think it's a core fear. Um, it certainly is for me, and uh, I, I, you know, it's interesting. We're both on our own this weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and <that's> uh, true. <laughs> uh, in fact, you, you, you've been alone for a little, little while, haven't you? You've been kind of, um, uh, you know, separated by distance for for a you know a week or two. Um, and I, I've just been traveling a lot, a lot with work and people, and had a lot of people around with me. I've not been stopping. And then this week and I'm on my own and it's in some ways it's really nice because I get to have some quiet time and I get to catch up and I get to kind of reflect and just not not get off on this treadmill but there's also a contrast between being in a group of people and being kind of connected um actually people I liked and enjoyed spending time with and had had good fun with and um and then just all of that stopping and sometimes there's that contrast. And I do remember a fellow once said to me, because I was going out for a work do, this was probably last year actually, it was coming up to Christmas time, I was going out for a work do and I bookended it. So I kind of checked it in and said, look, you know, at the end of the if people who aren't familiar with bookending is you have something where you might be at risk, um, some vulnerability, and then you, you you tell a fellow in advance and you say, hey, look, I'm going to this social event or on this is happening at work or whatever it is and it's due to finish at whatever time and then I'll give you a call or I'll just give you a message to let you know I'm okay I'm kind of on my way home or or I'm in a good place Uh, and that's kind of bookending and um, so I'd arranged a bookend with with this fellow um, or I checked it in beforehand and and then he suggested I should bookend it just because they notice that when they go from a group of people and then go home on their own that that contrast that disconnection it can be very sudden you're in a group of people out lots of stuff and then you're on your own and you're going home and that's that and this, that and i i noticed it when he pointed it out it's like oh yeah that i feel it now
1: do you feel like you're sitting with that now as you came home
0: yeah a little bit i I think i've got used to being on my own more mind you i was always a bit of a loner saying that (laughs) (laughs) but but i I've, i've got a theory around why that is but um, and that's kind of quite common, I think in this, certainly in this fellowship, but I think in others as well, of being the lone wolf, you know, it talks about the lone wolf in, yeah. um, in the big book. Yeah. And, and the, there's that phrase addiction is isolation and connection is the opposite of addiction. And that, that's why we make calls today. That's why we get on meetings because that can, that misconnection, that disconnection and that isolation is, is what keeps us in addiction. It is. not it's, it's interesting,
1: as you mentioned the whole, you know, the contrast between, running and then suddenly you're on your own and in theory it seems like some people are really good at just slowing down then like going from say for example for you were in the business trip where something's going on from morning till night and you come home and then nothing's happening and then actually adjusting to that quite fine because my wife she does that like with with no problem with ease i don't i start filling my time again just like i'm still running to not having to slow down and sit in that quietness and in my own company um, and it, it kind of fuels the loneliness in a sense because now you're, you're kind of still pulling away. You're pulling away from yourself. You're pulling away from others in a sense because you're filling the time with procrastination activities. Maybe, maybe you're not just doing anything at all, but you're still doing something that keeps you busy. It could be you know when you start cleaning the entire house for whatever reason for the second time or walking around trying to find something to do and not being able to sit in you know, the peace and quietness or just watch, say, TV for an hour. Like if I if I've been rushing all week, I I can't watch TV because it's I have to sit there in my own company. I can't connect to myself.
0: I mean, it, I mean, isn't it isn't that got such a parallel with just what addiction is, of uncomfortable feeling, fear based. Normally, certainly it is for me, um, and distracting ourselves from that so we don't have to sit with it you know so it's yeah. a, it's running away from a a very intense emotion which is fear and yeah as i said i i think i i think um the fear of being alone and and the question is what, what what is fear of being alone i actually think it's not just being alone it's about lack of acceptance because if you're accepted for who you are then we don't feel alone it's it's the lack of acceptance and so maybe lack of self-acceptance inside but also it's it's um, characterized or supported by the lack of acceptance of others, and so if you're alone and no one wants to be with you because you're repulsive or you're horrible or you're unpleasant or uh, they don't like you what you represent or who you are, then yeah, that's that's something that's a pretty unpleasant feeling, right?
1: It is. It. I thought about that early this week, actually. Like, where do I feel at home? Or where do I feel like I belong? Where do I not feel lonely? And it it brings me back to the feeling when I do in-person meetings, I've done less and less of them um, over the last couple of months due to move in and due to a lot of work. So it's been easy to jump in an online one. But say last Saturday, I went to an in-person meeting. And there, I don't feel lonely. I feel connected. Hmm. There's, I don't know, it was a new meeting. I'd been there before, knew no one in the room, didn't know their stories, didn't remember, you know, most of the names. So in essence, that'd be a room that most people say, I feel lonely. Hmm. I don't know anyone here. But actually sitting in that circle, I felt at home. And I don't know if that kind of, it's funny you mentioned the thing about lone wolves, but it's kind of like the fellow traveler, bit. You, you show up together to share what have I learned, what is happening in last week, and then you all kind of spread out into your own individual bubbles again as a fellow traveler. Sure. But it's kind of when all those lone wolves come together, it, it brings that inner sense of peace that I, I can't seem to replicate that anywhere else.
0: I think sharing a connection on a meaningful level helps, and and we all have a very in these fellowships, we all have a very um, deep connection um, because there's something quite fundamental about who we are that uh, we can connect and relate to. And there's there's you're reminding me of something which I, I heard on a podcast quite a while ago, and the title of the podcast is that you're, you are alone. And it, it was a very uncomfortable title, so I clicked on it. <laughs> as you do. <did. laughs> What's that? And there's this guy, he's a sad guru. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, I have actually. Yeah, and um, he's got some interesting stuff. Um, and he, he gave this talk about how you're alone. And he said, um, in, your, in your mind – in your body in there you are alone the thoughts and the feelings that you have no one else has ever experienced no one ever else will experience and no one has them no one thinks and has exactly the thoughts that you have and no one has the feelings that you have in fact you didn't even have the same ones moment to moment and so in your in the form of your existence you are always alone and i thought oh blow egg. neck yeah that's that's true isn't it I'd never really thought of it like that but uh, and it made me think about is is being alone is that fear of being alone does it does it reference does it point to that truth that uncomfortable truth that in my thoughts and my feelings my experience that I'm having in life is mine and mine alone and no one else has it and yeah, I, I think I had to. I think for me, it was that—that that was something that I was a that I didn't like the thought of. But what I've since came, come to understand, uh, and what has been true for me, is that that is the only way I'm alone. And what I actually am getting, I'm getting a unique experience on life, and that's actually an honor and a privilege to experience life. And that fear of being alone is just in my ability to handle my thoughts, my emotions, the experience that I'm having. But in every other respect, I am not alone. I am, I am connected to everyone and everything around us. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And so I, I think what I was doing is I was over-extrapolating, if, that, if, if you follow, I was over-extrapolating that fear of, okay, I am isolated in, in an aspect of my existence but I'm not alone in every other aspect, but I'm worried that I might be because it's not, it's a bit scary. (laughs) That's interesting because I I almost feel like that answers a few of the feelings I've been having
1: or kind of contextualizes them because it's the thing you're hitting, it spot on. It's really like what areas are you alone in? Not too many, but it's that existential crisis feeling of it, Mm -hmm. right? The yeah it's sitting it's it's kind of sitting in own company but then what do you do say if you're the only if you're the only only one who has your experience and you're the only one who's lonely in that then i struggle a lot with not feeling connected to myself so then Mm do you know when you're then lonely within yourself how do you mend that gap because then suddenly there's the disconnect between because i I know what you're saying with you only have that experience of life your unique experience And I, I agree with that. And some days that resonates and I feel privileged. I f- it's quite fun to go through the range of emotions throughout a day because I only, like some days something frustrating happens at work and I get to sit back and like, only I get to experience this and that's quite cool. Mm. But then when that disconnect happens, then you're only left with that bad feeling and no understanding of the grander perspective or the grander scale of things. And I think for me, that's where loneliness starts a lot of the times. It's, it's not the fact that I'm not around people. I'm fine doing things on my own. But it's when I can sit with myself or understand what's going on.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, uh, having a unique experience that only you get to have is brilliant when it <laughs> feels good, doesn't it? It's like I mean, lucky, yeah, that's me. True. <laughs> lucky me, lucky me, privileged me, aren't I? Unique, aren't I? Special, wonderful. And then it sucks, <laughs> and it's like I do I want to share this shit out everywhere. <laughs> it's like I want. I want someone else to have a similar experience that can relate to me that can make me not feel alone and and therefore if i did have that i would feel more able to deal with it
1: so what do you do to deal with it because i don't have any tools do you have any
0: um my high power
1: so okay, let's
0: That's the first one, but there's a second one as well. But the, the biggest one I think for me is probably my higher power is I, I go to my higher because so much stuff of life I can't deal with and I can't handle it and it is unmanageable. And if I try and say I have to deal with all of this experience by myself, I, I haven't done step one. But then okay, so every day you feel connected to step one? No. <laughs> 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 enough he, <laughs> to stay sober touch wood god, god willing today See, because but, that's yeah. that's
1: where i'm starting to find it that's where i find it difficult some days like today i am willing i am really willing if i when i have that feeling of connectedness it's easy to let go and i'm ready to let mm-hmm. go but i'm lacking someone needs to flip that switch for a moment just so i feel it um because if not it feels like i'm not doing it on my own but it feels like i'm a bit on my own right now even though well,
0: I'm, well, well in your experience you are I don't want to be. I don't want to yes, be lonely. I, I, I know you don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the resistance, right? I don't want this experience right now in this moment. So I'm going to deal with it the best way I can until the point where it gets unmanageable and I have to go do something really dramatic, normally called acting out, to kind of help me. So for me, turning to my higher power acknowledges and admits and accept that I um, I feel unmanageable, that I, these thoughts and feelings are kind of out of control maybe or overwhelming, and trust. I have to trust my higher power. And, and I'm saying that not because it's easy. I'm saying it because it's really, really hard, but it's the only thing that's worked for me. And, and it's not a one-time wonder. It's not like, oh, I've done this like 10 years ago. It's done. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't happen like that. Life is continually reminding us i think and certainly <laughs> certainly reminds me sometimes on an hourly basis that i uh, life is just um the, the feelings and the emotions that i have sometimes just are, are absolutely overwhelming and that that's normally a sign that i'm trying to control life or have an expectation of how it should be and, and i just need to turn it over do you it's, think, it's a fear-based, right? It's fear, and when, when yeah. fear gets in—that's the thing—when fear gets in between me and my higher power, then I'm going to act tight at some point. The question is, how quickly can I reconnect?
1: Do you think that us addicts are more sensitive to a lot of these things than people who don't struggle with addiction or don't struggle with, you know, one thing is a little bit of un- unhealthy coping, but to the degree a lot of us have done it.
0: I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer that because I've only got my own experience. I can I can just talk about my experience, which is my experience is I, uh, yeah, I, I mean it's got overwhelming to me. Like you know, c- certain things in life have just got so difficult to manage and so frightening, and 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 little things, you know, it's like you know my, you know, change at work or someone says something to me or someone just looks in a certain way or and that can that can really knock me for six, and it sits with me for for a long time and i don't know I mean if I looked around the world and no one had any resentment and no one got angry and no one was fearful and no one made stupid decisions because they were emotional, then yeah I'd say okay yeah we we're, we're just we're just an outlier, but I just think we've got a different coping mechanism and and in some ways it's a protection it's a protection of this is so unmanageable, at least it was for me, and so difficult to deal with that. Um, I I needed a way to kind of protect myself and acting out just formed a, a cushion for yeah. me to, between those intense emotions and therefore is a protection mechanism in a lot of way, I think for me. And I think that's probably true for, for a fair number of us.
1: Probably is. I mean, I, I think there's a certain level of projection. I remember I spoke to my therapist a, a couple of weeks ago about this and I was like, I was telling her that I, I really admire those people who kind of like golden retriever people. Do you know what I mean by that? No. So have you ever met those people where no matter what happens, they're kind of okay? Like no matter what lies hit, they're kind of just okay. And they just go through the motions. And I I sat there and she asked the question back, like, but are you sure they're really happier? And I'm like, actually, Mm. no, I don't. Maybe they're better at keeping a front. I was pretty good at keeping a front. I was seen as a happy guy for a long time. Mm. Wasn't really happy on the inside.
0: Well, what's that phrase? Um, We compared the inside of ourselves to the outside of others. Yeah, that's true. I mean, step four, because we never really know how we deal with things. And I, I was a high-functioning addict for probably thirty years twenty, twenty thirty years. And um, yeah, or, or on you know, LinkedIn CV, had a pretty successful career. Had it, had it kind of made. And I think people still see that in a, in a lot of ways, but no, it doesn't doesn't reflect how I felt about myself. And you know, so, you know, and I kind of go back to this, you know, for loneliness. For me, I think, as I, as I said earlier on, I think it's a core fear, and and I I probably first really recognised this with during my step four, and uh, I I was when I was going through step four, I was reading Russell Brand's book uh, Recovery. It's am I'm, I'm actually currently yeah. reading it. I'm about a quarter way through. Yeah. Um, And uh, in fact, actually, we've got a link of resources of books on our our website and um, it's on there. But uh, I was reading step four and in step four, he had this really great piece of advice, which is you write a fear down and that's your surface level fear. Ask what's beneath that and what's beneath that and what's beneath that and keep hunting that down like a mosquito in your room before you're about to go to sleep. Go hunt it down and find it. And that was a really great piece of advice it was very difficult to actually do but what it meant is i did things like oh i'm i'm afraid of not writing a good document at work or doing a good presentation on something okay well what's behind that uh well i'm worried that my boss won't like me or i'll get into trouble or people will criticize me okay what's behind that well if i follow that through i could face you know, disciplinary action or lose my job and can get sacked. Okay, well, what's behind that? Um, well, I, if I lost my job, I'd lose the respect of my colleagues, I think. Um, uh, my friends might think I'm not competent and good enough. Um, I might lose my home. Um, I might be kind of out on the street in a really worse case um, with no money, no, not be able to feed myself or my family. Um okay, when what's behind that and, and good enough for what? And I think this is a really great question. If when people say, I'm not good enough, good enough for what? Do you know what's
1: funny about that? I mean, that links it back to what I said earlier. You know, what, what is enough? You know, when, well, when do you stop? When, you, when could well, you be what,
0: content? Well, what I got to through, through that is the core fear I got to is that if I lost all of that stuff, what it fundamentally would mean to me is that no one would want to be with me. I would be alone. And no one would accept who I am. Yeah. That, that, and, 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 I, and you go, well, well, you're writing a your presentation. And underneath that presentation, it's like it's like seepage. Um, you get a bit of oil on the top, but underneath there's a reservoir of oil that's just cracked and it's there's a little crack and it's worked its way up through to the yeah. surface. And I when I started to do this, I found that about eighty, ninety percent—I'm guessing something like that—of all the fears that I was having, in fact, all my resentments as well, because resentment and anger is a is a protection mechanism for fear. Um, people get angry when they're afraid of losing something, yeah, and then so 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 there's a fear underneath the anger because it's it's a it's an active state. It's um, um, it's an empowering state which enables you to do something uh, and it's, and it's you know i think in evolutionary terms it's quite helpful you know if someone's going to take your last your last bit of food or you know take take your fire away or something like that you might die to, you know you might die and freeze to death so it's it's a motivational state to kind of fight in effect to protect your survival but underneath it there's a fear of yeah. that's driving that is a, is a fear of loss and on all and all of these pretty much all of them There were a few others, but the main one was fear of um, being alone, being isolated, not being accepted for who I was, like 90% of it. And I can see it now. I can see all of it kind of going through when I get a fear come up, fear about money, fear about people not liking me, fear about being late. I I get afraid. I get really stressed about dropping the kids off to crash in the morning. It's like, what? And, I, and I go, why am I, why am I stressed about this? Well, stress is like anxiety. What am I anxious about? Okay, I'm afraid that if I drop the kids into school late, the, the teachers will think I'm a bad parent. And if they think I'm a bad parent, then I might have my kids taken away from me and I'll be alone. It's like, really? <laughs> I think that's going to happen? No, you, you're going to turn up late. But, but that's what it is. That's what's driving it every time. And I think that's
1: what you're saying. That's what makes it so difficult. I mean, it's rationally. You come in even an hour late with the kids to crash. Yeah, it wouldn't be great. But if it's a one-time occurrence, like, yeah, you're not going to do it again. It's fine. But the feeling's real. you real, isn't it?
0: Well, and, and neurologically as well, and, and people sometimes forget this, is neurologically, if, if you're afraid of something or um, you feel threatened, there is no, there's no different neurology in your system to dying. Right, uh, and and so if you if you're if you're afraid of dying, or f- afraid that you're going to lose your life, that f- the stress and how your nervous system reacts and how your body reacts, is no different from having a presentation at work. There's no there's no different circuitry and neurology in the yeah. brain for PowerPoint you know it's, it's it's the same neural circuitry so you know when you're when you're afraid or worried about something your body kicks all the adrenaline and and um and cortisol into your body and you know i'm not a neuroscientist or anything like that but uh, you know t- tell you what i'm saying you know broadly directionally correct rather than exact science that your your body makes all of the energy in your body available it doesn't hold like 20 percent back it's like it makes it all available because it thinks you're existentially you're you're at risk and so it's incredibly draining like emotionally psychologically physically on the body
1: and it's i think that feeds well into feeling i've had a lot recently because especially work is slowed down quite a bit it's still a lot to do but i'm i've been so on top of things that suddenly things have become extremely manageable um since my wife moved and we're going to be apart for a few months there's less to think of there Friends or business, you might see someone once a week. So there's very little for, say, my little head to grasp onto. Usually in periods where I've been really happy, if I look at what was different then, it was, say, I worked a lot in a meaningful way, unlike stuff I liked. I saw people often. There wasn't Mm -hmm. all that energy spent in my own head where things can grow and things can fester. But over the last month or so, there's been more time for that and loneliness has crept in.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, and, and some of that's normal and natural when you've got space. Yeah, and sometimes I've noticed I have deliberately not made space. I've deliberately, unconsciously kept myself very busy doing stuff, taking on things, and and, and I, I noticed this about my life that I just was always always busy, and. Still am a bit now. I think about it, um, <laughs> <laughs> just just reflecting on the last two weeks, which have been just chaos, um, and and it's never changed. And it was always like, well, when I do this or when that period is over, then it will calm down. And then, of course, it never does because there's always something else, and there was always something else. And what I was doing is creating a pattern of drama is the wrong word, but. Um, I was sowing the seeds for activity of stuff that I had to do that was important or at least I believed it was important that's why I sowed those seeds and they were um, strong enough to keep me continually occupied and not have quiet time not have time to reflect because as soon as I got space to do that ah guess what comes in those thoughts of loneliness that you've not been that like you've been too busy the last three months to think about it now you've got space to think about them oh no 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 i'm busy again i'm off so um sometimes it can be a coping strategy uh, it's a distraction and we're very good at knowing what will distract ourselves and keep ourselves busy
1: yeah it's i mean yeah we are it's what us like i said earlier you know coming through the door and i'm still running a million miles an hour um but you know that feeling or you know have you gotten to that point? place where you know something's off you kind of you, you can sort of even though you're busy you can still check in with yourself and Be like "Ooh, i'm hiding right now but you're still staying busy for a little while longer because you don't want to do it yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i think so yeah i, f-
1: I find that to be feed into my addict quite a bit it's often i know there's things i ought to do that would help i always know what i should do to help it and it's always the hardest thing sometimes it can be as simple as go out and grab some fresh air I know I should. Hmm. But sometimes I don't. Actually more often than not I don't. I end up in like a middle way kind of solution. But I always have you, know.
0: Have you have you got line of sight of what prevents you from doing that?
1: Do you know what? I actually don't know. It's some days or actually it just feels like there's these invisible hurdles. It's almost like I'm hitting a wall in my mind. It just like stops. There's a resistance. Yeah. And Sometimes it just, it feels impossible to break through it. It it is a wall. It's, in my world, it doesn't, I can't see it, but it feels physical. Now, when I do it, it's like, oh, that was so easy. I just went for a walk. Well, how hard was that? Put on your shoes and your jacket and just like go for a stroll. And suddenly you walk for an hour, right? It was great.
0: But it's doing it. Yeah, and I've found that... In those moments, I can tell there's resistance about something doing, uh, and sometimes just getting back into the habit of doing something that I know is going to help me, is going to support me, um, going to help keep me sober, and there's resistance there. And sometimes I will call it out on my daily inventory. I'll check it in because c- then I- I'm not harboring it. I- I'm bringing it out into the light, and it just that just helps soften it up a little bit. And then also yeah. often I- I'll just pray on it, and I just pray for the willingness. And, and i think just being wanting to, to be willing i think just uh can, can sometimes just help soften it up and um and then just take the first step
1: yeah i mean it's one thing i see often happens when say for example now like reason i feel lonely i kind of know what could fix it but what i do have is quite easy accessible things i that i suddenly fall into instead like a procrastination mm-hmm. activities, so for me, I've always played computer games even since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's a super easy one for me to fall into because it's such a docile, comfortable place to be. But it isn't. Mm-hmm. It isn't comfortable. It is delaying something. Because I've, I've noticed the old I get, well, what are we really trying to achieve with the game, right? There is no end goal to a game. It's just move in time. And I've noticed in periods where I cut that, cut out a lot of those activities and dial things back. For example, I come home from work. The only thing i got to do is make dinner and go to the gym the rest of the night is slow and life becomes better because there's suddenly space and I,
0: yeah yeah no I, it's it, it, you've raised a, a thought in my head and something i asked myself a while ago is I, I saw there were certain things in my life that i i could do and would i knew they would make my life better and you yeah, move know, move me into recovery, move me closer to my higher power, um, give me more peace. But I wasn't doing them. And I had to ask myself why. And the answer I got to was that there was a part of me that um, felt I didn't deserve it. That's deep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because because I, I didn't have a good answer for it. It's like if I if I know this, or you know, it's a bit like oh, you've just burnt yourself. Oh, you you could put some cream on that; that'll make it better. No, I'm not going to do it. It's like, Why are you <laughs> trying to hurt yourself? Like, yeah, you think you should suffer? Yeah. Why do you think that? I don't think I'm good enough, or That's... I think I deserve to suffer, or I think that my life should be painful. And and this is the other thing, actually. Sometimes. Uh, particularly I think when it comes to loneliness because the opposite of loneliness is really for me it's, it's a it's not about being with people you can be in a capital city and surrounded by people and feel utterly alone I mean what, what real uh what it really means for me is a connection meaningful connection and love uh, and acceptance <clears throat> not that people have to like me or like what I do in a particular moment but accept me for who I am and I need to accept who I am first, um, which, which helps. So I need to work on that. But um, that love and connection, my model of that growing up was not the way I would like to have it for myself today. And it's not what I'd want for my children. Because my model of what love meant to me when I grew up was quite painful um you you know my 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 parents loved me um still do i still alive bless them um but i didn't feel very loved and it was pretty there were lots of things that were uncomfortable with it and it was there was a lot of emotional pain with it at times and sometimes physical pain as well and and so i realized what i was doing is that it didn't feel like love if it wasn't painful because that's what love feels like right (laughs) Like, oh well, maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe it can just feel like love. Maybe it can just feel accepted. Maybe I can just feel accepted without the pain. And so sometimes I sometimes I didn't kind of feel worthy of it. And then sometimes I was chasing um my own suffering or my own pain because it was kind of what I grew up with and knew what that's what love felt like because love's meant to bloody hurt, doesn't it? when you say it out loud, it sounds silly, but you know, you know. It's, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I, I, I painfully relate.
1: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm glad <laughs> in, in a nice way, but it's, yeah. I've, I've I've noticed when I when I think about career changes in my head, there's a lot of these extreme things I want to do. One of them is say, be an EMT. Now, It's a very noble thing to do. I worked in the healthcare profession before, so I've kind of seen a lot. But I think I I often in my head downplay all the all the stuff that comes with it. I remember I used to work in end of life care, and I remember I remember why I quit. I don't rem, I don't think about that when I think about oh maybe I should be an MT. Like I love those carnage scenarios. Like I used to see. Of course, it affects you, right? But it's in my head. I think that's what I want. That's what's going to feel great. But but no, no, actually, uh-huh. what feels great would be safe home to come home to. After a docile day of work, where there's peace, where there's quiet, where that—that's kind of what would f- feel holistically good. But as you said, I don't think I deserve it. Don't know why. You know why? Why do I deserve success? Why do I? Why do I deserve love? I got to work for it, right? You got to earn it. Is what it yeah. feels like.
0: Yeah, and if if you had to earn love, or or sometimes the best, you, you know if. if I'm gonna start with a hypothesis, which is if, if you if you work on the basis that our parent you know, your your parents love you or my, my parents, our parents love us. Um sometimes they don't, but in the most cases they they do. And they're just really crummy at showing it. And we have to fight for their attention, or it's difficult, or we have to earn it in some way. And because and sometimes you have to earn attention and attention gets a proxy for love because if someone loves you and cares about you, they'll give you time, right? Yeah. They'll make time and space for you and, and you're higher in their prioritization of things and work always doesn't come first and cleaning the house doesn't come first and doing jobs and going out drinking with their mates or whatever doesn't come first. Yeah, You know, you come first as, a, as, as the, the primary or one of the core relationships to them. And if you have to fight for that in terms of a, a values hierarchy and you have to fight for that attention, and therefore, their love. Then, yeah, you know, you have you have to earn it. You can't just be loved for who you are. You have to do something.
1: I think that gets exceptionally complicated when you, if you bring that back to self, when you gotta say, do X, Y, Z to earn your own love. I, uh-huh. I mean, I find that difficult. If I don't do these things today, I'm not going to feel good. But even if I tick all the things,
0: it still doesn't feel good.
1: It's like this uh-huh. false false hope that I'm going to love myself in the future
0: if I can earn it right. It's yeah. It's, it's the false. It's the false prophet. It's the it's the uh, hungry ghost, isn't it? it? It it's always yes tomorrow. Yes tomorrow. Yes tomorrow. And of course, it, it never is. It has to has to happen in the moment because you can't love yourself tomorrow. You can never love yourself tomorrow. You can only love yourself now. Yeah, and it's fun. Like, even yeah.
1: in this conversation, i been thinking about oh, I should go to the gym tomorrow. That would feel great. But tomorrow. Again, I can think about that tomorrow. Sure, but I can't even sit here today. To be okay with not having done it
0: yeah and maybe maybe a nice way to invert it and to flip it around to say i can love myself now and then go to the gym tomorrow because i love myself (laughs) yeah i mean it it, (laughs) on paper it is that simple right it's the concept is yeah experiencing it is it is we need to get there
1: yeah it's funny when you mentioned time i when i think back to my childhood when i felt loved um, I don't remember a whole lot of periods that happened, but I have this one memory and it was me and my dad, we were out fishing. And I, I remember I was maybe like five, six laying in front of the boat, like half sleeping with a fishing rod out. And like, I was kind of just driving along in that time you got in that peaceful environment. I think it's my best childhood memory. Not there was no mo- mm-hmm. no stuff was given. It was nothing spectacular. It's just a summer mm-hmm. day, time spent, no yelling, life's good. <laughs> And that's all it took
0: yeah i i sometimes remind myself that my kids don't need me to chuck a load of money at them they don't need no. yeah i know they they don't need ipads they don't need you know fancy new toys they don't need you know all this kind of type of stuff of i mean so, and the thing is like you know sometimes money is just money but sometimes money means love you know, sometimes it can be very transactional, it's just business. And then other times it actually can be a reflection of love. And And it's very easy to mix these two things up because we don't, it's not always clear when someone communicates, you know, and they give you something, they give you a gift, are they giving you love or are they just giving you money? Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're giving you both. And, you, you know, it's, 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 it's a quite nuanced actually. Um But, um and so it can very, I find it very easy just to express my love to my children by, you know, doing things and, things and, and buying stuff for them but actually what they really really want they don't want daddy to throw money at them what they really want is me to spend time with them quality time with them and you know if I, if I ask my kids kind of you know what they kind of want to do in, in fact I, if I'm going to remember there's there's, you're, there's Tony Robbins talks about talked about this years ago he talked about you know he's, he was traveling and doing a lot of stuff with his um you know his his uh, conferences and his shows and stuff that he does and and he, he he always used to make time for his kids and have certain one-to-one time with them. And he asked his son, who was like kind of eight or something like that, um, about what, what he wanted to do So the day. And he said, you know, so said, you can go anywhere. You can go to Disneyland. You can go to thing. We can go to thing. all this stuff, right? Like you can go to the racing, you know, whatever. And it's like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to rake. And he's like, and it's like <laughs> I want to rake. He's like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to rake leaves in the garden with you, dad. And that's what he wanted to do. And so he spent the afternoon raking leaves in the garden with him in autumn. And that's what, a, I don't know if he was eight, but you know that's what a young yeah. kid wanted to do. He, it wasn't about the flashy stuff. He just wanted to rake leaves with his dad in the garden that, that stuck with me. And I remember that about, what do, my, what do my kids want to do with me? Do they just want to play in the garden and walk around the lake or just, just sit and pretend tea parties or read them a story? Simple stuff like that. It doesn't need to have money thrown at it.
1: I mean, you could you could probably extrapolate extrapolate that to self as well, like oh yeah yeah. What do you what do you you really need from yourself? It's probably not to do anything extravagant. It's probably not to do anything big. Probably not. You know, I, I know some people. I I sometimes think this is like oh I should take myself out to a cabin far into the fucking wilderness and just hide for mm-hmm. a weekend and have be the best time ever. But actually, what I if you take all that extravagance, all I'm saying is I need some downtime and quiet time, and I can give myself that right here
0: i i am laughing at myself because it's just gone black friday yesterday and i've just had a very extravagant purchase of which you just know (laughs) and i'm just going oh what do i want to do and so i just spent a ton of money on myself on on a very expensive gift for myself this this black friday um because i really like music and um but yeah it's um yeah lonely weekend and
1: (laughs) but i mean that that sounds like it's that uh, cross crossover between money and love again right
0: it is a little bit yes. yeah <laughs> yeah and trying to you know not, not and actually not not feeling guilty about it not feeling guilty because i had the i have the money and it's like well you know what i i will get a lot of joy out of this and so yeah it's it's kind of okay um but you know i think just not uh not doing it as a substitute to make myself feel better that's and sometimes just owning my own intent and just really exploring like why am I doing this and I'm going to be honest sat here right now I can't 100% hand on heart say no no this was just a uh, there's no self-soothing in it there's no kind of because actually it's been quite a difficult couple of weeks and um, suddenly the desire to buy this thing has, <laughs> has become multiplied so uh, yeah. I know but I, I saw this like YouTube video the other day
1: and this guy was saying like everything in moderation even moderation it's one of those things right yeah sure maybe it's a bit extravagant but you need a little bit of extravagant in your life too because if there's none
0: of that have you really done moderation i mean i think i I, i'm not sure necessarily it's a problem because um but but what i i guess what i'm just saying is i i am not i can't honestly say that this wasn't a purchase because i'm not feeling great about Last couple of weeks, and I'm looking for something to help me fi- make me feel better. And where do you sit? With I, that? I can't honestly say that. Uh, I, yeah,
1: and where do you sit with that? Knowing that there might be a part of you that did it a little bit because you wanted to feel better. Well, I could send it back, but maybe <laughs> well, I feel a bit worse.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't feel guilty about it. I wouldn't. I'm not beating myself up over it. Um, and, and I and it and I don't necessarily know. I I don't think it's either or. Actually, I think there's probably it probably sits somewhere in between. And I think I will probably just need to just reflect on it and just explore it a little bit. But that's okay. It's a program of progress, not perfection. And you know, if that's what I did, that's what I did. And you know, I didn't I didn't spend the kids' ice cream money. Um. <laughs> So, you know, it's it's you know, it's, it's a limited um limited consequence. But um
1: it's it's quite funny you mentioned that. Um so I mean, I work with money and it's quite funny when I talk to a lot of people outside of it, it's you know, it's money is a vessel. That's all it is. Money doesn't have feelings, money doesn't care about you nor anyone else, it's just a thing we made. But we attach so much to it, which makes sense. It's kinda of how it's mm-hmm. what translates into bread, it's what translates into housing, what translates into your car. But it's just a vessel. That's
0: mm-hmm. all it is. Yeah, we really do we really do make a lot out of it, don't we? I mean it, it is a concept, but it's how you want uh, and you know, money isn't good or bad for me, it's it's how you use it. And um you know, and, and you know, a bit like love. People can I mean you could argue it's not real love, uh, if it's used in this way, but um use l you use um, time and attention and affection and appreciation to control and manipulate other people, um, to to kind of fight for fight for attention. You know, you have to earn it. That type of thing. And um, I think you know, I think it can can create some patterns in our behaviour. So certainly has done for me. Of. Just just responding in certain ways and then having to go and and some of these are quite deep right like they we're not even consciously aware of them. we have to kind of explore and then we start to become aware of okay how do, how do I think about that and how do I feel about that, and why do I react you know with this and 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 money's a big one you know you've talked about loneliness and being alone, but also it is that is that is actually kind of fused with money as well um you know it was one of the promises of fear of economic. Insecurity will leave us, and you know, again, it's a fear. And why why do we why do we want money? Well, it's a resource. And if you don't have resources, guess what? No one really kind of wants to be with you because you don't have anything to offer. Yeah. Well, you know, m- maybe you do, but that's the fear. um At least it is for me. And so, having having resources is.
1: I mean, it's it's safety, right? I mean, so if you have enough money, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to connect with others if you don't want to. Like, you can do all these things it's
0: yeah well, well i think it's a magnifier you know if if you're if you're an isolated resentful lonely person having money will just cause you to isolate more you'll have less connections and you'll just put yourself off in this little kind of mansion somewhere and people will just deliver you stuff in boxes um but if you're a loving connected person and generous then You'll give more, and you'll do more for the communities, and you'll you'll want to share that resource and share it with people and and help. And um, I mean, you know, I'm just kind of just go back a little bit to what you're saying before and doing things that you knew um would help, but choosing not to. And 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 I find actually isolation is one that I often struggle with. Often I I can see myself isolating. And sharing less and being less open, and I can see myself doing it, but I'm still doing it anyway. And I don't know. I don't. I, I think. I think that seems to be fairly common across um, addicts as well.
1: Do you know what? I, one thing I've started doing to combat a little bit of that, just what you're talking about, there is actually telling people what's on my mind. And it, it sounds so obvious, but sometimes if you ask me how like say something, how something's affecting me, whatever, I might come up with this elaborate thing. But actually if I check in with myself, the honesty might be, or the truth might be quite simple. And just by sharing that truth, it seems like people will appreciate it regardless. And I also Mm. open up a bit and suddenly there's a connection. Straight away, there's a connection there.
0: Yeah, and and, uh, that's been my experience too, actually, is that um, being vulnerable and sharing something that actually I'm afraid about. And just sharing that with them um, almost always not not hundred percent, but almost always is received in a way that someone someone recognizes when you share it hey, someone's giving me some vulnerability here they're being open, they're being genuine and the, and that is a I've noticed people connect to that. As soon as you're, gen- if, if you're being disingenuous or you're saying it in some kind of, you're wrapping it around and trying to manipulate them, they pick up on that and you just get this, uh, you tend to just get a very aggressive and defensive reaction or some smart ass thing or whatever response. But if you're really genuine and you're open, um, nine times out of 10, i I've, 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 my experience has been people connect to that and they appreciate the genuine connection for it. And it doesn't necessarily mean they'll respond in the way that you know you get what you want but it 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 bridges something far more quickly than you know i wanted you to do that or or just isolating you know it does and
1: it's it's funny when i have my disclosure and everyone quite a lot of people got to learn what i've done not a single person left i chose to push some people away or you know, remove certain oh. people from my life because, you know, they're one thing some were acting out parts, but it were just people who wanted to drink and do drugs. And I was like, well, listen, this isn't served me either. But funnily enough, I got to choose. Everyone else stayed and everyone else loved me. The only one who couldn't love me was me. And it's, I think that extrapolates us into a room. And I think that's why those, like the 12 step room feels so powerful. Cause you don't have just two people sharing a truth and connecting. You might have 20 people in 45 minutes saying stuff they wouldn't say anywhere else. And suddenly no one's alone because everyone could show up just as they are. Don't And everyone's respected. No matter how loony you might be that day, no one's going to run. Everyone's going to listen. And
0: everyone's going to say, thank you for sharing. Mm. Yeah. And, and often someone will share something similar as well. Uh, you know, and it's... Um, yeah. The, y- 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 you've made an interesting point there Chris about certain relationships coming in and out of your life and there's an interesting challenge that I have in my life of uh, when I was deep in my addiction I would I would burn people I would cut them off like super fast. I did the same dispatch them Yeah. yeah like get out and you know any minor transgression and I uh, what I, re- I mean, you know, on one level, I realized that's how I treated myself. I was a real punisher of myself, very judgmental of myself. And I, tr- I treated other people like that. And then also I expected other people to treat me like that because that's how I felt and that's what I felt I deserved. And then in coming to recovery, I've been far more forgiving, far more accepting, but I've also had to learn to draw boundaries. And so I'm now kind of saying, well, OK, there are certain relationships which aren't serving me and are actually harming me what do I do with that and and so I've kind of almost gone not, uh, full circle is the wrong word it's more of a spiral of moving because of what I've realized is that by uh, by being incredibly judgmental and harsh to people I, I don't I'm not forgiving I'm not kind I'm not loving I'm not compassionate people are human beings and really that's just my shortcomings I'm just passing on to them and I'm blaming yeah. them for stuff about my thing and then I moved into sing thing of okay, well, I'm not going to do that anymore because I'm I'm isolating myself and I'm not going to have any friends. I'm not going to have any connections if I keep doing that. And, but then I was also harming myself by staying in relationships and tolerating stuff far longer than I should have done this. Therefore, I wasn't, I wasn't, I flipped the other way. So I wasn't helping myself. I was harming myself by persisting in things which were really, really difficult and and not helping me. And so I'm kind of learning now this middle road, which is to, you know, as my sponsor would say, I actually disconnect with love of, you know, not, not reacting because I've got a shortcoming, but just working on my steps, you know, so if, if I get an emotional disturbance about something, I might do a written step 10, work to that, and then be at peace with it. So I've got no anger and no, no resentment, no bitterness towards them. You know, I've, I've let go of my fears and surrendered those and accepted my situation. And then making a choice from that place, say, you know what? when you do this, that's that's kind of not okay. I'm not really okay with that. Uh, But I've noticed I I engage those conversations very, very differently and I I can draw a boundary which is much softer and it's more about protecting me and looking after myself. So I don't know if you've had a similar experience. I mean, the
1: examples I had in my head was, for example, I have like, People's homes, who do tons of drugs in, right? I wouldn't go back there, and that's where you mm-hmm. would find those people. So it's I. I don't feel I need to do step ten on it because what's the one yeah. thing you do there? Well, you be doing drinks and drugs. Well, mm-hmm. what's the one thing I don't do anymore? Both of those. Mm-hmm. So, hey, right. That that one's an easy one, but to individuals, I don't think I've learned to do what you're doing. I've setting those boundaries. I've, I've, I cut most. I mostly had drinking and drugs friends. So when I mm-hmm. came into recovery, um. Almost everyone I knew was automatically cut out of my life, which made it a little bit simpler because then you can start adding in people you like over time. Mm-hmm. And it's easier not to, or it's, it's easier because you don't have to kind of push away those people who you didn't want. You, I never had to deal with it. But at the same mm-hmm. time, I'm still learning to set those boundaries. I'm still learning about the boundaries. What am I okay with? What am I not? And a lot of the time, I don't even know until i'm sitting in it until i'm sitting in that boundary area and i'm like oh something feels off here
0: there's something that isn't right yeah um yeah i i've i i think what i used to do is i i would cut people off and, and they weren't like addict friends or anything like that they were they were just not mom probably just good people actually or or just someone that upset me or i felt hurt yeah. by something that they did and i would cut them off but i, I think in some ways i was also There was that bit of being very judgmental and being a harsh critic. yeah. And I think there's also maybe some of it where I was was on some level afraid to be alone. Well, not on some level. At the core of it, I was afraid to be alone. And so by cutting people out, that made me alone. You say, well, why would you do something you're afraid of? It's like, well, I'm taking control of my fear in a really twisted, odd way. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So I, I cut people out. Therefore, they don't get to reject me. And therefore I choose to be alone. So and, I, and I,
1: I remember from, especially my teenage years, I used to do that a lot. So I knew everyone in like, mm. I knew so many people, but I would bounce between the groups quite often bounce between groups of people all the time. I would never be, mm. I would never be say, I hated being at home due to how was where I grew up. So I never wanted to be home every night I needed to go somewhere. So to do so, you need a lot of different groups of people because the chance of a group mm-hmm. of people hanging out seven days a week is very slim. But I needed to hang out seven days a week. And I did that throughout my adult life as well. Just I, I hear what you're saying about you want to reject them before they reject you, but I just swapped a group of friends. Like kind of like so you never pushed anyone away, but you also didn't let anyone in. So no one knew me. No, I was gonna
0: say so, so you so you you rotated around so that you could keep a, a super level, a superficial level of connection but oh not- no no
1: i i got really good at knowing for example say if you were in one of those groups i get to know you really well you thought you knew me you didn't really know anything what when i beneath the surface mm. but for my own safety i wanted to know a lot about you but that made people feel seen and heard right finally they were just accepted uh, okay. for who they
0: were someone as someone cared and was and was that so that they would so that they would like you because you're showing a real interest in them exactly and, so you're creating that fake yeah. connection
1: so they're feeling a connection you you're just in chaos mode just not wanting to
0: sit at home yeah. in your own company um it's like a people-pleasing thing yeah i mean it's it, certainly- not not people-pleasing but you know it's like it's um making feel people you know helping people feel special and important and then they would like you or, or at least not reject you because you're giving them something
1: yeah and it's i, I remember especially when i went into the nightlife industry when I used to act out a lot. It's a very similar principle. You get to know someone mm-hmm. really well and then there's a transaction there, right? So I get, yeah, I get to have yeah. sex, but you get to be seen, heard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I remember there were so many nights I was laying in other people's bed and I was just lonely still. There's no connection. Yeah. And I'm, I'm laying in someone else's
0: house and I feel alone next to someone. I'm just like... I, uh, you're bringing back memories actually now of... of... I, I became, uh, and it's not nice to say, I became very good at manipulating people and yeah. showing lots of interest and um, doing it in a way that felt convincing. And then um, once, once I kind of got or wanted out of the relationship, I was like, out. Exactly. And, just, and, all, and all my interest went. I had no interest at all. And it's like, oh, why am I losing interest in these people? It's like, because it, the motivation. I mean, I wasn't even clear on the real motivation. It was like I had this motivation which was driven for me, and I thought I was interested in this person. And then I wasn't. As soon as I kind of, you know, as yeah. soon as I had, 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 had the had the deed, I, I was my mind was elsewhere. I couldn't, couldn't give a monkey's anything. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't, why well, don't, I care about this. Oh, okay, well, may, maybe we didn't have a connection. And it was all just, and I felt really out of control because there's this part of me that was just running this behavior yeah. and, and completely convincing me that. I actually was interested in this person and I acted like it. Um, but you know, when you're and, completely yeah. convinced that it's like the solution that should work, but then it's a solution
1: that almost worked every single time. And it's it's yeah. funny that it's just one more and it's going to work.
0: We're mm. we're sure it's going to work, right? Just one more yeah. time. Oh, I've got such a connection with this person. It's really <laughs> great. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how many calls you've been on, but I've been on lots of added calls of, oh, I yeah, found this person. They're a really great connection. We've got so much in common. It's like probably you're at it going there and uh and then oh yeah you know we're yeah yeah i mean don't, I don't. not not interested in them all they're a pain in the mouth It's i like, never liked them anyway <laughs> it's like
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i just, oh, i went i i ended up going to a really dark place when i came back i i got good at it so good that i noticed that the easiest what the easiest way to get what i wanted which was kind of almost nurture love and acceptance was to be a homewrecker but if you oh, yeah but when you think about it, what's the one thing a lot of marriages lack as time goes on? It's that excitement. It's the newness. You know, the routine is set in. It's kind of almost like you're running in, you know, a limited liability company for many, especially for those who kids. So it's like it took me mm. to a place where I realized, oh, wow, well, this is a great place to be. There's so many here that could give me all the nurturing stuff I want. Didn't wasn't aware of it. That's what I was looking for. It's kind of like you were saying. It's the, oh, I'm very intrigued here. This is so fun and exciting. But actually, in reality, yeah,
0: there's risk, well, there's a risk to it as well. There's a proper, you know, sailing, sailing close to the wind on it. Didn't yeah. didn't care
1: about it and looking back. I mean, some of the hmm. some of the partners, some of the people I was with were actually dangerous people, which is quite funny to look back at. Just like, actually, yeah. if I I don't even know if they know, but if I go to my hometown, like, and they know, then I might be unsafe sort of i which is it's great, but it's just. It it came to that, it came to a place where I was willing to ruin homes where we're talking, say, to, say, like, homes where there were kids, homes that would have been broken Mm. up, like, homes where maybe the kids were around my age back then. I mean, it's really bad, but I knew no limits. I wanted to soothe my pain. I didn't know it, but I was soothing my pain. I was good at it.
0: Because I couldn't be alone. uh, Was there a thing of well, I must be, um, it, it helps you feel really good about yourself because then they're good enough to kind of want to, you know, if they're in a relationship and they're good, you know, you're, you're worthy enough for them to kind of want to, or you're appreciated enough and uh, for them to kind of take that risk and, and to do that as well.
1: I think so. I mean, it's, mm. it's a kind of an extra achievement, right? It's like here, we're putting it, mm. we're putting a lot on the line here. Mm. I'm putting nothing and you're putting everything.
0: Cool. Yeah. Um, so I must be, I must be special. Or bringing something, or
1: I think so. I think you know when you've you really seen if someone's willing to do that, right? That or they're re- like, or they're really desperate, which is probably a bit of both.
0: Mm. Yeah, and they're in pain.
1: Yeah, but it's, yeah, but looking back at it, it's like that just to fill that loneliness gap. It's the willingness to prey upon that sort of stuff. And looking back, I feel I feel awful about a lot of it, just because I didn't want to be lonely. It's willing to do that to others
0: yeah i I certainly i certainly remember being with people and just thinking yeah at that moment of just feeling utterly alone and just thinking what am i doing this what am i doing i i I, i'm and it it came up on me at, at some point is 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 it and it i had i started to build this awareness of okay what i'm really after here isn't the thrill isn't the high it's i just I I want to feel appreciated. I want I, you know even adored even. You know, I just wanted to feel worthy and and special and that someone cared. Yeah. And and then I get to this point of with transactional sex. It's like this is this is none of that. Yeah. But I can pretend that it is. And then that but you know underneath it, right? Or I knew underneath it. You always know. And then when you start to know it's like uh, that it just grows to the point of like this is just transactional this is not giving me what i what i want at all but i'm still doing it and i'm feeling awful like even when i'm with this person i'm feeling awful and it's like oh it's such a horrible place to be because it's like i'm in pain and my acting out isn't even numbing the pain anymore
1: but it should—it should, it should give you a good it. indication,
0: shouldn't it, that the acting out actually isn't fixing anything? But it didn't, did it? Oh, I knew at that point. I mean, at that point for me, it—it I, it was a thing that progressed over a couple of years where that awareness became stronger and stronger. And so I—I I was in pain, would would go act out, still in pain, knowing that I'm in pain, and even in the even in the acting out, just feeling like this this isn't solving anything, but I'm, I'm I can't stop doing it. Yeah. That was a horrible place. Absolutely horrible. Because it's like, this isn't even helping anymore, but I can't even stop this. So I've, like, I've got to, you know, it's a bit like that. It, w- w- what's the saying is that, like, you know, acting out starts as, starts as fun, then it's fun with problems, and then just problems. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was that. And it was a horrible place. Absolutely horrible.
1: You know, it's, I remember my first time uh, getting an escort. And I felt so, like, it's kind of like you said, and none of those elements you were seeking. I felt so shit. I just, I didn't even have sex with her. I just put it to bed and put money in her purse and kind of just left. <laughs> I just, yeah. I can't, I can't, there's nothing here. None of what I'm looking yeah. for is here. I'm just empty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how people, like, I don't know. It, yeah. It's a search for meaningful connection. It's a search for not being lonely. It's a search for being accepted. It's a search for being loved. And it's so complex. It really isn't, but it is. But the difficult thing is, is often I think it starts with self, which is the difficult bit.
0: I I would say through this program, I was probably about four months, yeah, four or five months sober, and I had the first inkling of loving myself and that that was a big turning point for me because i'd realized I'd, i I'd i i was also in denial about it up until then i'd say well you know i do like my i, I you know like i love myself and yeah sure you know except you know and then the reality is i just wasn't and i hadn't looked at you know i also think you know actually i was you know going through step four to go through step four and, and share it with someone and to be accepted. I think that's why step four is such a, a step four and five is so powerful yeah. because you, we get to these core fears, these real things that were, and, and what a shame, right? There's, there's someone in our fellowship who who talks and talks about it And he says, he says a shame, shame based illness. And, um, for me, shame is just social acceptance. You know, if you're shamed, you're, you're out of a group, you know? Um, and, and so it comes back to being alone again for me and and so i'd i i had not gone through that exercise and oh i'm sorry until i'd gone through that exercise really looked at who i was shared it have someone else accept me and go yeah i've done that i've done that as well and yeah okay that sounds tough and just just been there and just not put down the phone or walk out the room or you know go what the fuck um and just accept that 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 opened the door for me to accept myself and accept seeing myself fully accepting myself of what I've done coming to terms with knowing that I'll make an amends for it later on not that it's not that there's not consequences but accepting okay this this is I was in a lot of pain here and through that that opened the door for me to start to love myself and accept myself and it's, uh, it's, but I still find moments where going, you know, I just, some good stuff is happening and I deserve good stuff to happen. Like life doesn't have to be painful. I don't have to suffer. It is a choice and I can choose not to suffer. My higher power doesn't want me to suffer. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't <it's>, need it, <laughs> it's, but it's up to me. Yeah.
1: It is. I mean, it's, you know, kind of like the resistance style and how res, how much resistance there is in life. It's just in your head. Mm. things are difficult sure some things take effort sure but how much resistance you feel the world doesn't put that on you most of the time
0: well even if it does we choose to accept it on some level
1: i mean have you ever read um, man's search for meaning nope. so I, I can't remember the name of the psychologist who wrote it but he was a psychologist who went to one of the concentration camps and oh. studied people And even those people who did well were the ones who could kind of be okay in that setting, who kind of did the best of what they had. And it's, it's interesting to see those who dialed back the resistance and kind of just here, this is where we're at. Mm. This is okay. This is really shit. It's awful. But, and then Mm. great community, whatever they actually did quite fine. They did. Okay. Mm. It's quite an extreme scenario, but in most of life, it is the same thing. Life's going to throw things at you. And you know, it's, Mm. How resistant are you going to be to it? I, I, for me, it depends on the day and the week. Some days don't feel anything. Other days, I feel all of it. Don't know quite how. I haven't learned how to turn
0: the dial like on command just yet. Hmm. I mean, it, it would assume every day is the same, but it's not. I mean, some days are harder than others, right? And some weeks are harder than others, and some months are harder than others, and and that's okay. Um yeah and and i always think when i when I have things that are difficult, this is my higher power giving me an opportunity to reconnect yeah to strengthen my connection with my higher power yeah you know? i mean with without this addiction i would not have i wouldn't need a higher power well, everything's fine <laughs> i don't need that um, because of this because of this uh, addiction and it's uh, and thankfully for this fellowship it's it's helped me yeah i've i've got a daily program to connect myself to my higher power and some days i have to work that harder than others and but in a way that's that's good because it's you know i can stay sober and i can work my program to stay connected and yeah it's you know we we do um we do these daily sobriety renewals and and the first the first question on it is are you learning this renewal doesn't keep you sober Only your higher power does and it's the and it's that connection to our higher power at least it is for me that, that really helps everything. And when I'm connected to my higher power, I'm not living in shame. I'm not living in secrets. I'm not living in resentment. I'm not living in fear. I'm certainly not living in lust. And um, I, I am more trusting, and I feel the love, and I feel the acceptance. And it's like it's all okay. And, this, and there's no loneliness. I, I have, I, if I'm connected to my higher power, I don't feel lonely, period. Period. But then it's the journey there, right? But again, that's what I'm yeah, trying to. Yeah, I mean, connection. You know, it's like a connection. A relationship is something isn't a one-off thing that's done. It's 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 something that happens in every single moment of our existence. Yeah, is that a good place yeah. to wrap up? Uh, yeah, I think so.
1: I think, I think so. so. Uh,
0: I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed chatting.
1: Likewise, so much. Funnily enough, I don't feel
0: lonely right now. No, no, that's fine. Maybe our high power was uh, was, was, was in the room. So. There you go.
1: Cool. Thanks for the chat, Steve. Thanks, Chris. God bless. Take care.